Let your head rest in my hand. Relax. I got you. I promise. I'm not gonna let you go. Hey, man, I got you. There you go. Ten seconds. That right there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Hollywood RX. The doctors are in. Doctors D and G. Hello. Run D and G. Hello. <laughs> Good evening to you, sir. And to you, my friend. Uh, tonight, listeners, we are talking about Barry Jenkins' film Moonlight. A coming-of-age story told in three segments with three different actors playing the same character at different times of their of his life. We have not uh, we have not worked out who's going to start about this. I think you should take the lead here since it's fresher for you. Since it's fresher for me, yeah. Okay, well then let this be uh, and let this be a, a warning now to our listening audience. <laughs> there will be some language used. Oh man, buckle up! Might that's right? Yes. Um, so yeah, put your ear condoms on. So, <laughs> give your give your quick take. Two words. Holy fuck! Oh gosh, I, I was afraid you were going to say faux shizzle. No. No. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Okay, no, I like I, that. I, I, I was. It's only been twenty four hours, but I've been. Mm. Uh, I've been think I've been thinking about it all day. Um, th- that movie was really resonated with me. I think it was it. Well, it very obviously it shone a light, uh, shined a light on uh, on a particular subculture that doesn't get covered very often. Which, yeah. for anyone listening who may not know, that is the the Florida, South Florida ghetto living of the '80s and growing up gay. Yeah, um, and uh, I found this incredibly moving. I found uh, the performances were were excellent. I've been half dreading hearing your reaction. <laughs> okay, all right. So Should I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, f- yeah, to me, this this was the experience that Manchester Manchester by the Sea was for you. Oh wow! Okay, that's cool. That's in, really cool. And yeah, in a couple of ways. But I, I, I had the emotional draw, gravity pull mm-hmm. with this versus Manchester. That's fantastic. Um, and that's my take. Cool. Well, uh, take that. here's. <laughs> 
Uh, here's mine. I, I, you will not be disappointed by me today. I mean, I know you kind of like it when we both fall on different sides with a movie that it creates a little bit of friction, which is always fun. But this was uh, just a phenomenal uh, movie. I've been dying for you to see it so we could actually have this conversation. I don't even care about the podcast part of it. I just wanted to talk to my friend Greg about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, just really beautifully crafted performances throughout. I think that the filmmaking part of it, the writing part of it, every single bit of it is exquisite. Yeah. So that's my, that's my quick one. How do we even like start a conversation about it? I uh, I'm blanking on his name, and I know I should look it up, but um, which which some the actor in the first which Alex Hibbert Hibbert no the, uh, not little the um, in the first segment the dealer oh yeah um, Mar Mar uh, sorry I'm gonna um, Mariushala Ali Mariushala Ali. Wow. Yes, yeah. Um, I, you yeah. know, in Hidden Figures, almost the minute he came on screen, I felt like I, well, I was like, "Wow, what a presence!" I would really like to see more of him, which is the same reaction that I had to uh, Idris Elba in The Wire. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought about uh, a couple of times. This, obviously, this is out of my uh, out of my life experience, but from what I know, living in New York and L.A. and now Chicago, it seems to me there's an authenticity to the uh, portrayal of that kind of life that I haven't seen since The Wire. Like, That's I mean, interesting. Few, I mean, within a few moments of the first segment, when, they were, when he's, they're just doing this uh, windows into the life of this kid. Right, right. I mean, it was just, they, they were instantly heartbreaking, but in a really, I thought, in a, in a, in a subtle way. Um, a, a, very, a very thoughtfully observed, and there was just Thoughtfully a, lived. They, they, they were yeah. details there that clearly one must have lived through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, from Barry Jenkins was, I guess, adapted with the original playwright, um, yeah. Or it's not clear to me to the whether or not they they're both credited, but um, actually just says story by for the original playwright. I guess the play that it's based on was called In Moonlight Black Boys Look Blue, and it was unproduced. Um, hmm. And so Barry Jenkins had a certain amount of um, autobiographical elements of his life, which which matched up with this, the the original material. And so I, I have a feeling that he incorporated a, a you know, a, a good amount of his own experience and just uh, drew from that, certainly. And, and he seems to have been surrounded himself by a, an excellent, you know, set design and all of these other elements that would go into it, um, costume design yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, I was, um, I didn't quite know what to expect going in. And, and I hadn't heard about the... I hope this isn't the wrong way to say it, but the queer side of the story, I didn't, that wasn't part of the publicity that reached me. So I just thought it was about, I just thought it was about inner city life and I wasn't even sure it was set in America. (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
I wasn't well, even sure who yeah, I was. Yeah, it's Florida <laughs> and all, but come on. Right. No, it just sort of based on all I'd really... Forty eight, eh? <laughs> all I'd really seen was the poster, and I hadn't really looked at it too closely. I just knew it was, you know, considered a good film and, and an important one, so... Uh, I heard about um, it uh, almost uh, through uh, through NPR-ish channels. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that was not any any kind of surprise to me. Yeah, that first that first act is Fucking where fantastic. you yeah where you meet the boy and and the relationship that he forms with with Juan, the older you know the essentially the mentor was yeah. fascinating to me, but also frightened me a little bit. I didn't. I couldn't just relax and feel comfortable with it. There was something about it that unnerved me. Um, but do you um, think? Well, obviously that. I mean, yeah, we you know we have that because we're watching it with contemporary eyes. Do you think? Yeah. The boy. Did you think? Do you think little noticed it at that age? Noticed what? Did little perceive of? an element of danger no I don't him. think so at all like I think he do. was he was I'm sure he was just starving for a male role model and someone who would you know sort of validate him and understand him maybe in a way that his mother didn't but because yeah. I I have lived through I have consumed as a viewer both fiction and non-fiction versions where um, you know uh, Clearly, this guy is is a drug dealer, or he's something nefarious. When you first yeah. meet yeah. him, that you start, I start to worry about. Oh, is this kid going to become a runner? Is he going to get sucked into this life of right. Right. At, at that tender age? Um, or is there maybe something sexual going on here? Or I don't know what is is this guy a predator or something? Well, kind? I was I was afraid that there was going to be that there was going to be inappropriate physicality. Yeah, between the two of them, because I knew going into it that it's a it's a gay coming of age story. Right, right. So, and I was very relieved that it did not go that way. Oh, absolutely! It went in so many better, more interesting ways mm. than that. My God! Um, yes. So I was I was kind of on the edge of my seat during that whole first section, but I loved the way the relationship between them developed, and I loved. I loved so much about it, and then and then that that very brief scene, but just beautifully shot and beautifully done, where he's teaching him to swim, and it yes. and it works it works on so many gorgeous levels in terms of what the life is going to be like for him. And I, I had somehow missed that clip, or it didn't register with me because it was yeah I was stunned yeah. with the. Uh, the power of that scene, that was just incredible. Yeah. And I, too, I thought incredible. of uh, Idris Elba a lot during that first segment. And one of the things that it sort of, that may have been informing my, um, because that, that actor, um, I, I, I don't want to keep massacring his name, uh, Mershala Ali, or Mershala mm-hmm. Ali, Mershala. Mershala. Um, he's incredibly charming and incredibly, you just magnetic yes. in that same yes. way that, that Idris is. And But one of the things that was kind of a misfiring for me was if you go all the way back to almost the beginning of, uh, of Ho- Hollywood Rx is Beasts of No Nation, which in oh, which yeah. he is an incredibly charming guy who's, 
who's seducing uh, young boys into this, in that case, life of of being right. soldiers. And so that may have been kind of tainting it for me a little bit in the sense that I was getting more anxious than I really needed to be. So I just, so and I just love that scene as the end of that sequence. And then we move into that next um, part, which is equally as gripping in, oh, in that you're just, two. yeah. <sighs> Where you see what has become of him, you know, eight years later or six years later. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I sorely missed that actor, that mentor. I wanted to see him there, and he wasn't there, and he wasn't there. And I'm like, part yeah. of me is going, is he in jail? Is he dead? Is it both? And I think there's a certain courageousness, or braveness anyway, in not filling in that blank for us. That is true. That yeah. is very, very true. You know, you'd never get away with that in something that went through a studio pipeline because they would insist that you would explain it in right. some way or another. Yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about the second part? Just get us started on that. The second part really resonated for me because I felt like it captured it, 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 this the, the existential dread of... Going to school, seeing the same people day after day when you're the outsider or picked on. I'm fearful of being too spoiler-ish for anyone listening who hasn't yet seen it. No, go ahead, man. It's on them. When he, as soon as he picks his face up out of the ice sink and looks at himself in the mirror... He is already, you can see it in his face, he is already, he yeah. is already a different person. Yeah. Just incredible. And I love, and I like the detail of that sort of ritual being associated with his hardness mm-hmm. in, in the third, you know, in the third act. Yeah. You know, there's a thing um, that they do when they're, okay, full disclosure, one of the, one of the sort of reality game shows that I watch with uh, with my uh, sons is this thing called Forged in Fire, which is about uh, blacksmiths. And they're, all, and they're making swords on this game show. It's, it's very silly, but we have a lot of fun laughing at it. And uh, so one of the is things they do is they... For who can make the fastest and best sword? No, it's not fastest, but they, they are on a time limit, and then they're given criteria that they have to accomplish, and then they're judged. We've already spent more time talking about it than it's worth. But the point there is that they heat it, and they heat it, and they heat it, and they heat it, once they've got it to be the way they want it, and then they plunge it into water or oil or something to, um, right. to harden it. Mm-hmm. And, and as you were talking, that's what I was thinking, is that the anger and the abuse and the suffering is, was the heating. And that he put his head into the water, and that hardened him, like hmm. a sword. Wow! Wow! What so an that analogy. that just popped into my head as you were talking. And uh, anyway, I guess I could have explained it without revealing the forged in fire part, but uh, I would have seemed like I was much smarter. <laughs> but no, um, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, but jumping back one second it's, it's, to the to the yeah. first act and that wrestling match with his friend was so, like, it made me excited and uncomfortable at the same time um, because it felt like such a loaded moment. And then I think it sort of concludes with the friend declaring, you can check me if I'm wrong, 
he says something like the phrase "you're hard," meaning yeah. you're not soft. But right. there's right. another meaning that goes along there too. That that I yeah. just thought was no. uh, really I don't know. Yeah. I'm dying. Yeah, I'm, I'm dying to read the uh, the uh, the source material. Yeah, that would be very illuminating. Because yeah, that, that, there there was there were a handful of lines I thought when I was watching it. There were a handful of lines that I thought were not uh, delivered with the the weight and gravity that they usually they usually get delivered with in the mainstream Hollywood movie. Yeah, you know, in, in a telegraphing sort of way. This you know the, these they were like little you know. Blink if you miss them. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and so then there's a subsequent scene. It's not the only scene with that same friend who's now also I don't know sixteen or whatever they're supposed to be um, yeah. on the beach, which was absolutely uh, riveting. I loved from a distance point of view. I, I really loved that uh, that it wasn't it wasn't same sex sex but it was the same sex act yeah it wasn't a, yes. it wasn't gay sex but it was a gay act right. because in high school you know fucking weird shit like that happens and it's, yeah absolutely you know, you're still kind of figuring stuff out and yeah yeah I really uh, yeah that was just tremendously powerful tremendously powerful yeah and and, and, uh, and I also, yep, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. Go on. Um, I love that in Act Three, when he, you know, when he makes reference to the song, you know, he says, you know, hey man, they played the song. Right. I really liked, like, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I mentally had to like kind of search back like oh, fuck like what, what what's that song like <laughs> you know like even when they you know when when a song that was significant yeah was used it wasn't done in this heavy-handed way mm-hmm. it was it was a background detail that maybe you noticed maybe you didn't just like in life it, right this movie was awesome <clears throat> holy cow <laughs> So we have the end of the second act with this, uh, where he he uh, he strikes back at his tormentor, and then oh, we're man. we're we're again kind of left to guess what has happened in the interim as we shift into the next one. But I did want to say I did want to say before we leave the second act and while we still have reach of the first act, that the that the kid playing Little and the kid playing Chiron, I think, which is the second chapter title. Oh, I thought right. those those right. actors were beautifully matched with each other, and I could easily just see it as an extension of the same character. Yeah, and I felt that with well, I felt that with the with uh, the transition from two to three, definitely. I thought the 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 two actors they cast, the kid, the the, the young man in Act Two and the adult in Act Three. Sorry, I don't have the name handy. Um, uh, I think in in three he's just called Black. No, 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 no. I mean uh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Yes, yes. Agreed. Fantastic. I hate to say match, but right. Well, I understand. In terms of yes, I can see that kid growing up to be that guy. Mm-hmm. 
It's Absolutely. not often, but sometimes sometimes Hollywood gets that right too. <laughs> not often, but but right. it does happen where occasionally there's a great uh, I almost want to like there's a great uh, marriage of sorts between the adult and the child actor, yeah, or actress playing the same character at different time periods. Right, right. More often than not, when that's happening, one of those or the other of them don't matter as much in the story. True. You know, whoever played Forrest Gump as a as a kid didn't really matter because we True. got rid of him in ten minutes. Um, each one of these acts has has a tremendous arc in it, and they're each a story unto themselves. Yeah. But I I did have more trouble transitioning from the uh, actor playing Chiron in Act Two to the actor playing him in Act Three, but that was because Chiron himself had undergone such a transformation emotionally or his his emotional exterior had transformed so significantly that I had trouble recognizing him at first but eventually I went oh he's still there um, and that's you know, the, the acting and the writing there yeah I almost feel like this movie was told from the point of view of the relationship itself mm. because much like Kevin we don't you know, Kevin doesn't know what happened to him. He just knows that after that day, he was sent off and went through the system. Yeah. Whatever, and he went off on his own track. So, you know, you could think of this as Chiron's, the first couple of acts being his sort of recollections of where I was at that moment when... Right. Yeah, just... Uh, it's fantastic. I really liked the way... <laughs> I, I liked the way the, the, the absence was used, the absence of information. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Even emotional... I almost want to say continuity, but that's not quite right. I mean, more like a through line, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, just last time we were talking about how, I think in Manchester, but also in... Um, uh, shoot. Um, Midnight Special... Where, where the writing had was revealing little bits and pieces as it went along. Oh, hell or high water, too. Yeah. Where you learned a little bit more yes. and you learned a little bit more. And here they did this quite the opposite, which was they just never told you. And it was yeah. fine. And it was fine. Yeah. And I'm not saying those other movies could have done it, too, or whatever. But um, it's sort of right. what does is, what is the flip side of that look like when it's done perfectly? Yeah. Um, really, really fantastic there um and then that just basically that whole that second that third act is really what happens at the diner that's really all whatever happens before that is almost academic and and that dance that dance they do there is so beautiful and i don't literally mean dancing i just mean the the way that whole thing plays out from the moment he walks in to the to the end it just really pays off all of the careful work that had come before that. Yeah. Um, yes, I would. Uh, I, I would. I would yeah. agree with every word in that sentence. Um, there were a, a few other areas that I wanted to touch on with regards to this. Shoot. Well, here's here's. Uh, okay, I don't think we talked about this on the air at any real at an, in any real length. Did we discuss boyhood on the air, on the show? I, I don't think, think you. Did. I, th- I think you rail. You railed against it. 
ah, okay. Well then, yeah, sorry. I think you're right. I think, okay, so I, 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 I seem to fine. recall in the early days. I'll try to contain my passion a little bit about it, but this movie for me was what Boyhood ought to have been, which is examining hmm. the different phases of the life, and by the time you get to the the last act, quote unquote, of your story. Everything that came before it informs what happens. As opposed to what happened in Boyhood, which it was just a bunch of pieces of slice of light, slice of life type stuff that didn't really add up to this big payoff, but that you had taken this audacious idea of following a single character from childhood to the cusp of adulthood, but then it didn't, you didn't take the time or the responsibility to write in little things that could run throughout that right. could then pay off in some way. Right. So I, I, do, I was just happy to see it done, but it was really, it's really what, in my mind, boyhood should have been. And I don't mean boyhood should have been about uh, coming of age in your sexuality or any of that other stuff, but some kind of coming of age would have been nice to have seen in that one. So I'm not going to turn this into a rant against that, but just that this, it, it made me appreciate the writing work done here all the more and yeah. the acting. And, oh, I know I wanted to just say before we left, whatever, but it was not that we're leaving, but that um, that I was having this sort of struggle seeing that third actor, Black, as an extension of the previous actor. And then when I realized right. that he had turned himself into Juan, that he drove a kind of car that Juan drove, that he wore the earrings, that he yeah. had become that guy, I went, oh, this is fucking awesome. This is beautiful. That he was still himself, yeah. but that this was the shell he put on in order to make the world leave him alone. Right. And like um, the gold team, like 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 the gold Yeah, teams. yeah, yeah. And that that I, I I I'm dying to sort of know what happened next. I don't usually leave a movie going. I wonder what happened next, but I really I really do wonder here about that. Uh, I have a question for you. Oh. Do you think that the character of Juan was supposed to be a gay man? Immediately recognizing what the other person was going through and preparing him for what the world had in store for him. Yeah, good question. That's a really good question. It's an imponderable. I want to say... I don't want to say. Don't you don't want, want it to be that? No, I don't want to say. Oh, okay, don't, don't. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, my jury's out. My, my jury's out. Okay, wrong. okay. It's well, well hung. hung. It's well hung, yes, exactly. Uh, okay, so that was just, I'm glad I got to say that question out loud to somebody else who would appreciate it. Because I am, you know, living with uh, troglodytes that don't... That don't see anything. So you saw that actor in Hidden Figures, which I have yet to see. The the guy playing Juan. What? <laughs> Never mind. I'm just looking at some of the other cast uh, people in the cast. Oh, let's talk about uh, what's her name? Naomi, Naomi Harris. Naomi yeah. Harris. Yeah. Um, um, I remember her from Spectre. I remember her as as, as Money Penny. Right. 
In fact, I remember she... liking her. I liked the chemistry between them. I kind of I wanted to see them become a team, kind of like the Avengers. Right. She uh, shot her parts in this film on a three-day break from Spectre. Everything she did in this really? movie was done in three days. Uh, either on Spectre that or the Spectre. Ago? No, maybe it was the Spectre, um, um, like uh, some sort of publicity tour. But yeah, that's what I heard. I know it seems crazy, but if you look on if you look on IMDb, the kids, partic- particularly yeah. the very youngest kid, is more grown up now than he was like in the movie. If you follow me. Well, what the hell, Moonlight people? What I happened? don't know. Maybe her stuff That's, was shot, and then okay. Well, I'll look in it. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I got it wrong, but. Um, I liked her. I liked the consistency. It can't be right. (laughs) That would mean this movie was on the shelf for four years. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Naomi Harris had to shoot her entire role in three days in between her promotional tour of Spectre uh, due to a visa problem. The scene spanned 15 years in the character's life. So 2015 is when Spectre came out. So three years. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe the promotional tour was for 2015. Did it? Um, that's what it says on IMDb. Well, that's... <laughs> that's crazy. preposterous! It does seem... The timing of it does seem weird. But this... I think this could easily be something where they would shoot each of those acts as its own thing and take time to break down and then set up again and whatever, just because they had so little money to do it. Yeah, and, and, and sort of edit and perfect that first part. Right. Gearing up for the second. Exactly. Man, hats off to Barry Jenkins. What's the deal? I I don't I, know. I don't know. I mean, why it's... do I not know of this? Mr. Jenkins? <laughs> well, this is this I think Mr. His, Jenkins. his second feature, so I'm sure there'll be more to come from him. Medicine but, for Melancholy. Had you ever heard of this? I haven't, or until I started looking him up. But going back to what I was just saying about the mother being consistent through the different acts, the same thing is true of, well, certainly of um, Boyhood, but also uh, Lion, which I recently saw, uh, has the same actress, you know, playing the character many years apart. And I just think it's interesting that it keeps ending up being the, the mother in these various things. If you follow me, yes, that's I like that's the uh, the emotional like anchor of of these the lives of these boys. Um, I had a few little bits of trivia. Do you mind? Oh, do I mind? <laughs> just, I just haven't read them yet. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, of lesser importance is that not a single Caucasian character is shown, which I certainly didn't notice when I was seeing it. I don't think, hey... is not white? I don't know. I'm just reading what they wrote. Could be wrong. Did you hear what I said? I I sort of did, but I didn't get it. Run it by me again. I said, what? Is Janelle Monae white? Okay, I'm still... I'm not getting the reference, so I'm sorry. I'm just killing... I'm killing your joke. Sorry, man. Janelle Monae was... Janelle Monae played Juan's girlfriend... Here, oh, and she's in Hidden Figures, and kind of like Lena. Hor- I was making the joke that like Lena. Gotcha. Kelly, 
She's I got you. so light that she could probably pass her white if she wanted to. I got you. I got you. I just didn't know her well enough. Now, if you'd said Lena Horne, I would have understood, but I don't know. Okay, so I've got a couple big ones here uh, to lay on you. Uh, one Why? thing that says the inspiration for the narrative structure of the film comes from a Taiwanese film called Three Times from 2005. So I'm guessing that's broken down into these three sections. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, uh, so I found that interesting. The light flashes in the transitions between the chapters where the screen goes dark, but there's flashes of light. Yeah, there's, a, there's the, the colored dots. Yeah. Yes, that is actually an out-of-focus digital time code from the slate of the camera, like when they're doing the, the clapper. Yeah. Um, during filming, the actors were sprayed with oil so their skin would shine on camera, like it would be uh, glistening, I guess, in, in, when necessary. Um, the crew would hold the slate against the lens to prevent it from getting sprayed. But the tape was running, so it was, it was catching that, and the director decided to include those basically out-of-focus slates because they, in and of themselves, represent time moving forward, because the slate always has the time running. And it was just this wow. way of nodding towards the passage of time. That's a kind wow. of attention to detail that is pretty, pretty fucking incredible. In an interview, there's two more things here. In an interview with Barry Jenkins, uh, well, he said that the three actors to play that kid never met during production. He wanted nice. each of them to, to build their own persona... Uh, during their respective segments, with no influence from other portrayals. Um, nice. And the same technique was used with the actor who played Kevin. Fucking brilliant, because they looked like yeah. they all got together and talked about it. So he did such yeah, good work. Was, it, it, yeah. He did such good work in the writing and the directing, in the sense that they were organically able to come to those same places, but out of something natural from inside them. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I love that idea. And here's the last thing that this is kind of the beauty of serendipity, I guess. The scene where he teaches, where Juan teaches Little to swim was not in the script. They grabbed it on the day. Shut the front fucking door. <laughs> Um, and that Hibbert really didn't know how to swim, that the actor didn't know how to swim, so he's actually being taught about that. Just fantastic. Oh. Just fantastic. Um, it makes me love them and hate them all at the same time, that they can have found such a beautiful metaphor for everything. Uh, you, know, all... I'm, you know, I'm... I'm Chiron, and this movie <laughs> is Kevin jerking me off at the beach. <laughs> Well, there's an image that's not going to leave my head anytime soon. But um, uh, so, yeah, I just thought that was uh, that was really uh, special. And I'm not even sure as we sort of pro probably move towards our conclusion that I even have that much more I can say. I've been giving this thing, uh, lavishing it with praise this this whole time. So, uh, is there anything else that you want to say about this before before moving <laughs> before on? we move along? Well, I just, I guess I wanted to touch on, oh gosh, now I'm on the spot. I'm, I, I always put myself in these situations. Okay, so there's a show called, uh, I think it's called American Crime Story. It's an anthology series um, where every season there's about 10 or 12 episodes. It plays on network TV, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
and um, it has a, a like an ensemble cast that rolls over largely into the next season and the next one. I think they've only done two seasons so far, but there will be another one. And their second season was set in a you know modern day high school, and it's sort of kind of ripped from the headlines type show. And it's got great actors in it, like um, Tim Hutton is in it, and uh, um, you keep calling oh, him gosh, Tim instead of remember. Timothy. Is there a reason for that? I'm s- no, I, I guess just uh, to me he'll always be Tim. I don't know. Always. I don't know why. What are you talking about? I don't know why. He was Timothy, he was Timothy since the beginning. What's <laughs> wrong with you? I don't know why I call him Tim Hutton. I, I, I feel like uh, like there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. I can call him what I want, but. Um, I'm just going to try to do this justice. In any case, uh, he is in it, and I'm trying to think of the name of the woman. I think she was on um, Desperate Housewives. I, I take it back. It's called American Crime Okay, is the name of it. And it's Felicity Huffman, Regina King, Lily Taylor. Um, you can tell this is a stellar cast. What is the question called? Uh, just from those four names. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. Yeah, no. uh, their second, their Take second season was set. It was set in a um, in a modern day high school, and involved the um, the outing of one of the students. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I would say that this that that season of television is also very powerful and interesting, and it touches on a lot of. Things, social media, and corporate corporate politics, and a whole bunch of really amazing um, stuff, and it also touches on, um, like you were saying, I think before, uh, about something you said off the air made me made me remember this this TV series, which was you had asked me whether I thought or if I had picked up on the fact that the bully who was tormenting Chiron was in fact gay himself. Yes, uh, and that had had uh, flipped a switch for me because I believe there was an element of that going on in this uh, TV show that I'm talking about, huh. and um, so I, I, I feel like the TV show is is a valid companion piece to this movie. I don't think it reaches the sort of operatic heights of exquisiteness that the movie does. Okay, but it has some fantastic it has some fantastic performances. And um, and it explores crime? some of the same. It's called American Crime, yes. Okay. Um, and it um, it explores some of the same themes or related themes. And so, anyway, it just made me uh, uh, something you said sparked that for me. So I thought I wanted gay. to get it in. I thought I thought he was gay. <laughs> you know what? If if we're debating whether or not Juan was gay versus the bully, it's much more likely that the bully was gay. The bully was gay. I'm I'm convinced. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Because he gives um, him, but again, because, that's something to. There is that moment where they're sitting in class, and he just looks over at him and just looks down and checks him out, looks him back in the eye, and then I think in the scene right after that, there's uh, they have a verbal exchange where he kind of says he kind of like makes some joke like uh, you know like you, well, and if you do take it up the ass, like I'll fuck you. I don't know. There, there was something he said that oh. was like... Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it was like a another one of those throw, like, blink if you miss it, throwaway lines. 
that was actually yeah yeah I understand hugely significant. You know what? That would make me happy because I felt like I wasn't getting uh, extra dimension from that character, and it would certainly oh, extra no. dimension because I feel like the writing was done so well throughout that I, I must have missed it, and and it would be richer richer for me if I was reading that. Yeah, so I, now I definitely have I, to see I, it again. Not, not to influence you, but I think you did. I think I think when you see it the second time, you'll pick up on the key clues. Well, cool. Okay. The 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 the, the level of uh, I, I don't want to use the word restraint because it's, yeah. it always has a slightly negative connotation. But the the level of non-disclosure yes was I felt uh, unusually powerful in this movie. I don't know. I I, I I can't recommend highly enough people see this. I I was just completely knocked out I think it aside from the, the the subculture the slice of life that it captures it's just emotionally like this is what movies are supposed to do yeah yeah um it really is um it's one I of the know. rare times when uh, it's one of the rare times when the hype is is justified <laughs> yes I well like. uh and we'll certainly get into more about that uh, when we do our Oscar show, our imminent Oscar show, um, to the talk about. imminent Oscar yes. show, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, stick around this weekend. Watch your, watch your podcast screens because <laughs> we will be presenting... The first annual oh my goodness. Oscar picks. <laughs> That's right. Drunk Oscar picks. Now, just so that everyone understands what's going on, there's going to be some kind of drinking game revolving around Dr. D and myself, Dr. G, not only predicting who will win. <laughs> Yes. But also weighing in on our own votes. Absolutely. Were we voting members? I tried to come up with a uh, a catchy name for it, like the Doc Asks. It just doesn't <laughs> quite... No, that sounds too much like a, uh, a superhero or a supervillain. A supervillain, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll give it some thought. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get drunk enough to think of a name for it. Uh, yes. But I am looking forward to that. I will fill a flask. For with those my... for those viewers who may not uh, who may not know, last season, very early on in the game, not to you know, <laughs> one of us one of us called live on the air. One of us called that Brie Larson was going to win Best Actress. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and time went by, weeks went by, and no one gave a second thought. Bam! Bam! That's funny. Uh, yes, you were all over it. All over it. Bar is a little bit raised here. And I hadn't even seen the movie. That is true. Just saying. Just that is true. Saying. Okay, well, the gauntlet has been thrown. 
So I am now you're gonna put you put some alcohol on top of it, and ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you've got a show. Absolutely. Oh shoot, my brain lost for a second. Do you know which? Do you know what uh, Oscars this particular film is nominated for? I know that uh, the actor whose name I'm not going to even try to say again was nominated. Probably best supporting. Uh, you know, I really, I really think you uh, you need to. Uh, yeah. Discomfort. No, uh, I'm sure there's some website that pronounces. Oh yes, I'm sure you're right. It translates will... names from black to English. Oh my God. No. Okay, well, hang on. Hang on a second. As long as you've gone there, I wanted to ask you, in the beginning, you were sort of teasing us with the fact that you were going to cross uh, more than one line and that we all better be prepared. And uh, this is the first thing you said that was remotely uh, questionable, actually entirely questionable. But um, I, 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 <laughs> what well, was it okay, that you okay, were... Okay, number one. <laughs> okay, number one. Yeah. This is not ending up in the show. Number two. <laughs> you have to. Anyway, go on. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like good cop, bad cop. You're the closet racist. I'm the voice of reason. We yeah, have this all worked yeah. out. Oh, no, yeah. I can't. Okay. I can't the black people. Um, oh, my God. It's not getting no, better. No, 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 But number two, I believe what I said was, language i didn't say content i said there was oh, going okay to be, there might language. be objectionable language i understand i i took that to um and something that is other what than is justifying the complete removal <laughs> of this from the final product well i Best am not on board we'll go to dr g i am not on board for the removal of it but uh uh, all right. So, um, oh, know, I know what hey, I can do. I'm never going to run for office, so this this piece of tape is never going to come <laughs> back to haunt me. There, you, that's true. That is, it's, uh, it's it's either going to kick my ass now or it's done. But it's not. Hmm. Gosh darn it! I can't find what I'm looking for. I wanted to see what this was um, nominated for. Do you know off the top of your head? I believe all the big ones. I haven't actually no. I, I I had this crazy idea that I was going to do, that I was going to do a very impulsive drunk Oscar show, and I wasn't going to really study. <laughs> okay. The nominees no. beforehand, but you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, that's it's kind of like I think the way it has to go. So. Okay, we'll we'll have a better idea of what everyone's nominated for then. But I I think this was also nominated for uh, cinematography, but I don't know what it's up against. Uh, but uh, I certainly think it was gorgeous to look at, and it was moving, and just a fully realized creative effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my final take, and you've done your final take. So I think I we'll shuffle off. Uh, yeah, ladies man, and we gentlemen. certainly don't want to start weighing in on anything before the, <laughs> before the drunk Oscar show. I know, I know. I'm Adam keeping Miller, my mouth what, closed. What is going to be, what's going to be the fuel... For your Oscar prediction fire. <laughs> uh, it is going to be Gentleman Jack. A Jack Daniels whiskey. It's a Jack Daniels whiskey. Ah, okay. Mine will be a Polish vodka called <laughs> Zubrovka, which that comes sounds with good. a stalk of buffalo grass 
in the bottle. It has a very unusual but delicious taste. I think yes. between the four of us, we can uh, we can make for some fine entertainment. <laughs> I think so too. I'm uh, looking forward to that as much as uh, I was uh, this one. It has been a pleasure to uh, deconstruct this movie with you, um, and it's yes, going it to stay with me. I think I think this one more than mo- many others I've seen will benefit from a second viewing uh, just to watch. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, I, it's only been 24 hours. I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. <laughs> uh, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, it, it was all the more special because you're here. But for now and until next time, the doctors are out. <laughs>